welcome to Random Ramblings, the official Leadership Arts podcast. My name is Sam Smeltzer, and I am the founder of Leadership Arts and your host for today's episode. And we've been doing an entire themed series for all of March dedicated to this topic of work love in building excitement for the Work Love Live experience that is happening this Thursday at the Leadership Arts Office here in York, Pennsylvania, Thursday, March 30th from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. for only $75. And we do have some seats still available, so if you are interested, there is still time to contact our office at 717-430-2850 or send me an email at sam with two M's, S-A-M-M, at leadership-arts.org, and I'll be happy to get you set up and taken care of. It is $75 to take care of everything. You don't have to worry about a thing. Once you get parked in the downtown garage, which we will validate, we take care of lunch, we take care of all of your materials, you just have to show up and be and have an awesome experience, and that's exactly what it is. Um, Before we get too much further in today's episode and talking about how we're actually closing out this series for March, um, today's my dad's birthday. So I want to say happy birthday to my dad. And uh, he's an incredible father. He's an incredible pop-pop to my two little girls. And I think that this podcast speaks volumes to how much impact my father has had on me. I know I've had several episodes where I've talked about him and uh, just things that I've learned from him. And um, I have a lot of my personality traits that actually come from my father and a lot of the ways that I process things that come from my dad. And it's interesting because those characteristics are not what people most easily notice and pay attention to. It's my mother's traits because I guess they're more dominant. They're more loud and um, flamboyant, shall we say, uh, that it's really easy to pick up that, number one, I look like my mother, but number two, I laugh like my mother, uh, I talk fast like my mother, uh, I can be loud like my mother. So all those things are things that are easily easy to be picked up by others. But if you are to dive down and really take a deeper dive and get to know me, you see a lot more of my father kind of come out. And I think that's probably me and my brother too. So happy birthday, Daddy, if you're listening. I hope you have a fantastic day and chill out, relax. Uh, He really needs to do that today because he had the girls. He was watching them this past weekend. Um, And I know that those are incredible, loving moments with your grandchildren, but very exhausting as well. So, all right. So back to our series. Um, If you are just joining us, like I said, we're doing a work-love-themed themed theories. That would be interesting. But no, themed series about work love and what really truly inspired the work love experience, which is the program that we offer. And um, we started off kicking it off with this concept of me defining the collective we, people who I think this would resonate with, with, with me starting with myself and identifying who I was, how I benefited through this, and kind of building that initial foundation uh, to let people know if if this is even supposed to be resonating with you. Not saying that it's all-encompassing. It could totally resonate with others that aren't 
in that um, collective we that I called it. So if you're interested in that, please go ahead and check that out, uh, that initial episode at the beginning of March. And then we jumped into an episode called What Is Your Dream Really? And really starting to reconnect with your inner joy. Uh, and I made that link with back to when you're a child, you know, the desires that you had as a child, what you wanted to be when you grew up and gave you a great meditation called Inner Child, Inner Joy to kind of challenge you and take, a, some, take some moments to do that. And then um, last week, we talked a little bit about what does your engagement say about you? And I gave you a visualization exercise to complete to explore a disengagement moment. And this week, we're really bringing it home by doing the, the reflection on that visualization exercise to uh, basically address where the light is in all of this, all of these disengagement cycles. When we are actively going through them, it is very hard to see the light. It is super, super, super duper, 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 duper difficult to see the light in, in those moments. I mean, these are moments, whether somebody outside perceives them as uh, something we're taking too seriously or something that is not really a big deal to us, they are a big deal to us. We perceptually are are feeling something. It's causing a stir inside of some sort. And I think that you can't discount that. And you can't put that up and judge it against what other people are saying. There's a reason why it is impacting you the way that it does, which is why it is so important to go back and figure out the lessons that are there from those disengagement cycles, if you truly want to re-engage in life and get back in connection and realigned, um, I think that that this is absolutely necessary. So, um, yeah, so I thought the best way to do this is to kind of share what's on my About Me page on the website. If you've ever checked that out and you've ever um, been curious and wanting to learn more and have uh, clicked on my uh, image on the Meet the Team image, you get led to an About Me page. And the top paragraph is a story that's called It's Happening Again. And this is the story that I had to process actually when I was writing the Work Love Experience but more so, it is the story that actually led to leadership arts and led to this happening. Um, and really, if you wanted to look at this big picture, um, going and learning how to process these cycles of disengagement that I had in the past have allowed me to open the door to leadership arts, and I'm still processing them. I'm still learning what I need to so I can stay engaged Um but I'm also seeing in myself an increased awareness about when those cycles might be starting again. So I'm an entrepreneur. I am the boss. I get to define what I do every single day. So like today, I messaged my business partner, I messaged Mary Rose and said, I'm not coming in today. I got to finish up some things on the podcast. It's easier to do it from home. And I'm just going to kind of chill out this morning before and not rush to get to the office. Because 
whose expectation is it that I be at the office? Um, I'm creating that in myself. Um, so I have all that control, but even so that I have this flexibility and I get to choose what I want to do on a daily basis. I even get to choose what clients I want to work with and not work with. Um, there is still signs of me being able to go down a path to start these disengagement cycles again. Uh, luckily through reflection and increased awareness and some healing of some thought processes that I have about myself, I can um, not necessarily avoid them, but stop them early on in the process that they don't get that far. And in fact, I guess leadership arts is almost like my my own personal ego test to see if I cannot generate a cycle. And if I do, it's a really kind of twisted thing because I actually... We all generate our our disengagement cycles, but in a lot of the cases in my past, like what I talked about last week, I can make the argument that it was a disconnection with my employer. It's uh, interesting when the disengagement, if that were to happen here, you know, it's a disconnection with my employer, which means it's a disconnection with the company that I built. And what does that mean for me? Does that mean that I need to change the company? Does that mean I need to leave the company and move on? And that that turns into a whole big thing. So, you know, but that is, you know, the story to come to find out reason why to stay tuned to see if uh, what happens if I were to give into these disengagement cycles. So let's go through the story that I have on my about me page. So it says, It was 2014. The dream job that I had found 18 months earlier was slowly heading into the direction of yet another dead end. I was two semesters away from a master's degree that potentially could now be pointless. Each day I became more and more numb, frustrated and disappointed with myself for once again making a wrong decision. On top of that, I was three months pregnant, making me overly emotional and exhausted. Today, I can look back and know that season of life was absolutely necessary. I needed to be numb and tired, enough to stop fighting and start listening. What at the time seemed to be one of my darkest moments actually was filled with a constant light that was at work. So I think the important thing to realize is that I know that that constant light was there today. I don't know if I was fully aware of it when it was happening. I may have seen what, and I think this is where people make the saying, a glimmer of hope, because I think there's little things that happen. Even today, there are things that we're going through, um, which aren't disengagement cycles, but situations, and maybe they are part of a larger disengagement cycle. I don't know. This is, you know, as you're uh, in the deep end of it and trying to process it, But there's still things where I've heard a number of people say there's still a glimmer of hope, whether it's in relation to a client um, and other kind of people development. And maybe those are their disengagement cycles that they're actually living and going through. Um, But that glimmer of hope, I think, is what reminds us that there there is a constant light that's present and at work in those situations. And if anything, it's a reminder that even how difficult that situation may be, how necessary it is to get you to where you want to be. And that's where going back to 
this concept of what are your dreams really? What are those things really for you? Um, it helps make this process so much easier if you know where you want to want to end up or what are some of those characteristics or feelings that you want to have when you end up there. Not necessarily being able to specifically describe what that looks like. One of the things that really stands out to me now as somebody who I love to watch people and observe people, uh, I'm definitely a people watcher. I'm introverted by nature. So unless you pay me to be on, so like on the podcast or to teach a class or to be your mentor when I have to step it up and do that, uh, I will revert naturally to people watching. It's always so interesting to me because the first reaction that people typically have is to ask me if I'm okay because I guess I look tired. Um, But really, that's my calm, chill out state. It actually happened Friday. We were doing a photo shoot, Mary Rose and I, Uh, And I was like really chill. Like I was really um, enjoying the fact that I didn't have to be on that day, that we weren't even going to the office. I didn't even have to do my hair and makeup because there was somebody to do that that day. Um, And I remember very quickly the photographer said, oh, are you all right? Are you cool? Or do you need anything? And I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm fine. Um, It's just interesting. It's almost like a a meter for me to know when I am truly chill because the people around me will make comments to kind of check in, uh, which tell me, tells me that yes, Sam's like really relaxed right now, uh, because she looks like something's wrong. Really weird kind of thing. Anyways. So back to my original point that I'm a people watcher. Uh, I'm in a couple of professional organizations, networking groups. And in one of them, I've been exposed to, so many people who are so in tune with themselves and doing the work on themselves, the stuff that I started doing on myself, you know, three years ago, which is a lot of what birth leadership arts, these people have found that themselves as well and are making it happen in their own industries. But there's a few of them that I think is very fascinating because when you hear their stories, it doesn't seem like they had to essentially be beaten down. Uh, They may have had a hard day, but not get to a place where they literally were almost to a a point of stopping and giving up. And then that's when that's when they chose to, to see the light in the situation. I mean, I think that they see it very early on, which uh, attests to kind of where I'm at now. Um, And maybe this is not true. Maybe these people had moments like this. uh, And that's something that I'm just curious about. Um, you know, maybe I'm seeing them at a stage that's closer to where I am today. Um, and I had, didn't see them when they hit those dark moments or those dark places where they had to pick themselves up and start looking at themselves, learning from themselves and healing some thought processes. So, um, So yeah, so the, I have three lessons that I put on here of where I saw the constant light that that was at work. And the first one uh, was that I was introduced to a woman that would introduce me to the concepts and philosophies that would change my life and career forever. So the missing piece in my career, in my training, in my facilitating the 
I had gotten to a place where I'd gotten pretty good at making people feel good throughout the training. That you could get what we talk about, uh, smiley sheets. So at the end, when you do smiley sheets, this is when you say, all fives, you did really great, you're a fantastic speaker. I had gotten pretty good at getting my ratings up, that I wasn't average, I was above average to high. And that is a pretty big accomplishment for me because like, if we just go full cycle back, I am an introvert. So it's very um, scary uh, to talk in front of people. Uh, And this even goes back to episodes when I talk about what are your dreams really? And I talk about my childhood dreams and how that was really paralyzing for me. And I've had to work through that. But once I had figured that piece out, I realized that there was still something missing. Just because you're really good um, doesn't mean you're truly making a difference. And that concept of being able to make a difference became very important to me. Um, If I'm going to get up and I'm going to have a moment of your time, I want to have an impact, an impact beyond, oh, that was a pleasant experience, even though I had to be there. I wanted to have them leave with something. In fact, it became more important to leave them with something rather than have all fives. In fact, we have a diversity workshop that I facilitate a lot. It's probably one of my most requested um, workshops. It gets modified in in several different formats. Um, But I've gotten to the place that it is highly effective. It uh, resonates with majority of people that I present it to on some level. I don't want to say well, because it resonates on some level. And that's what you want with diversity training, you want to cause a stir of some sort, a safe stir so that it resonates with everyone at a level that makes them a little bit uncomfortable, but that's growth in the diversity inclusion realm. Um, But it has that much impact that typically when somebody asks for it, I do give the disclaimer that they might not like the experience, you know, to give them an evaluation where they have to say if they liked me, most people don't like you if you make them feel uncomfortable. I have the privilege that with coaching clients, I get to work with you long enough that you can see the results and then tell me that you like me at the end of it. Um, But there are a lot of people that I have interactions with that for one reason or another, because I have to push, I'm sure that they can classify that they just don't like me. Um, But I have come to a place in my career where the impact and the growth uh, and what you're walking away with is more important than you liking me. Um, and so this woman that I talk about in this story is Dr. Joe Tyler. She is, uh, still teaches and is the, the chair for the training and development program at Penn State Harrisburg uh, for a master's of education. That's where I got my degree. She's always asking me if I plug that program because I know she's on her way to her path to retirement at some point. And so she says, if you keep plugging me, they won't be able to find me later on when I move on, uh, to other things. So the Master's of Education program in training and development at Penn State Harrisburg, it's an awesome, awesome program. Obviously, I can't speak enough to it because it completely changed my life. It is the program that gave me the confidence to start my business. Um, and the individuals and the colleagues that I made from there are doing amazing things. I love watching them on 
LinkedIn uh, because they just have these amazing posts and they share amazing things. So, uh, but I met Dr. Joe Tyler in my, it was either my um, second to the last class or third to last class. It was the spring before I was going to go have my summer classes and have the baby. So it was right at the end of my program because I literally had three classes left and then I was graduating that summer. And um, when I met her, I went into this class a complete skeptic because like I said, I had figured out at this point in time that I wanted to make an impact. She introduced me to a theory called uh, Heron and Reason's Four Ways of Knowing, which is actually the theory that brings in the artistic concepts as a way of processing and learning. Uh, and that is the whole reason why art is integrated into leadership arts. It's not because I'm an art teacher. It's not because um, I'm a hidden kind of crafty person, which I like doing some sort of crafts. But really the reason why art came into a leadership development firm is because of this theory and because of this class that I went in as a skeptic, became a believer and saw the magnitude that it had on impact that I had never seen with anyone else out there doing, meeting all the leadership, not meeting, but reading about all these leadership gurus, reading about all this leadership development theory, um, talking to colleagues, talking to mentors, you know, seeing the best of the best, going to these conferences with the best of the best. And there was something missing in this theory allowed you to embed that what was missing and truly, truly provide the learning and development that we want to see in the corporate environment. So, um, so yeah, so that happened throughout this entire thing. You know, I was pursuing my master's degree. I was pretty skeptical about the whole thing. I was too far along in my master's degree to stop, uh, which is really interesting because the same thing that happened to me with my undergrad career. So I had to finish, but I was pretty much a pain in the butt the entire time. Um, I was pretty much a smart aleck, uh, in my, in my papers. I, I mean, I did them, but I also, I was not very engaged at all. Um, and so that was kind of the person that was walking in when I met, uh, Joe Tyler, Dr. Joe Tyler. And, what she gave me in that class and how she pushed me and grew me uh, really prepared me for what was coming and prepared me to begin these concepts and philosophies and this whole thing that has been constantly evolving for me um, and linking things together because I think it's what's been missing for so long. And it's not just me as we see the results and we see the impact and even uh, my business partner, Mary Rose, who has had her own set of experiences. When we see this come together, it is like what has been missing and what we truly believe can help the workforce moving forward. All right. So then the second one was despite my current job drying up on opportunity, they provided me the one I needed to see these concepts and philosophies come to life in others. And that's absolutely true. Uh, in my current job, my director gave me permission to put these theories that most would be skeptical about. And because I had the trust that was there, um, she allowed me to see what happens. And that's that was the platform that really gave me a place to safely pilot this with an audience that was willing to sit there and see what happened, see 
what this impact is that actually had. I mean, if this was, you know, now launching leadership arts and seeing the struggles that you have trying to get people to enroll in programs and build them and push them. I mean, it's a huge thing, picking dates that people can actually attend. And it's, it's, uh, it's challenging. Um, it would be very difficult to get to this, having a pilot that was as solid as what I had in my current job, the pilot for the first program that really put these philosophies in place. I had a total of 20, 22 people, uh, and they went through the entire series and I was able to maintain attendance with all of them. And I think there was a set of three who had to miss one, but came back and did a makeup session. So I actually had 22 people complete the first round of series, which was huge. It was huge. Um, and it was just what I needed to see truly, um, the power of integrating this in there. And then the last one was the people around me began to push and encourage saying they knew I could and would do more. One of the stories that really stands out to me and it, you know, perfectly lines up with everything that I've been sharing is at the end of the class that I had with Dr. Joe Tyler, we um, were going through these cycles where we were using artistic methods. We built our version of the game of life in a small group. So we all had our own paths uh, or pieces that we were adding. And um, and we basically played this modified version of the game, the board game life. At the end, we were tasked with saying and making up kind of what is the future? What does that look like for each of us? And I had a couple of different, you had to prepare beforehand the scenarios so that, I mean, this wasn't just like a spur of the moment that you decide, but you were supposed to give some thought as to what that would look like. And I had a couple. I mean, mine were kind of stay in current job, look for new job, be a stay-at-home mom, um, go back to continue school, get my doctorate. There was a lot of things that I was trying to process and think through. Um, at the end, I still could not pick one at the end of that board game, but one that one thing that was very clear, and I. And I remember Dr. Joe Tyler even reiterating this for me was that you can't stay where you're at. Like you just can't stay there. It's going to cause you to revert back. It's going to almost crush what has been exposed in that last semester. The light that they were seeing, like it, it can't, you can't stay where you currently are at. I mean, that was the one thing that was very true. And, and what I wrote on, my the last paragraph of my about me page says that by May 2014 I still didn't know exactly what I wanted or what my future path would be however the one thing I could articulate was what I didn't want and knowing that was all I needed to start my journey to a purpose-filled life and that um really was something powerful and so this was probably my most recent disengagement cycle. I don't know if it was as bad or worse than the others that I had gone through uh, before this. Um, this is the one that I can still feel very heavily on my heart. Um, but it is a very familiar cycle 
of what I've had before. And maybe it was the magnitude of the same cycle reappearing over and over, which is what just makes it more difficult. Um, but to give you some insight as to where I was, my husband and I just went away this past weekend and we were sitting and talking about the way that I process situations now in comparison to five years ago or when we first met and me talking about how unhealthy it was, um, and how I was just in a, such a bad mental place that I refused to see the good. I refused to see the positive and I didn't think it was even possible. I thought people who talked about it were quite frankly, um, just incredibly blessed in ways that they didn't understand the big differences. And there's not, there's not a lot of differences. If you read the work from, Dr. Brene Brown, when they talked about this concept of happiness, you know, the really big difference between the people who are and those that aren't is that those who are happy believe that they deserve to be happy, while those who are not don't believe so. And as somebody who's been on both sides, that's 100% true. It's almost just down to our perspective and our perception that's there. So those were my three lessons talking about the light that was present in very, very dark moments. And this week's challenge is going to allow you to take the disengagement moment that you chose to release last week in the visualization exercise and put it, um, not put it, but reflect on it and reveal the glimmer of light at the minimum, or maybe really truly expose the light that is present from that situation. Okay. So, uh, make sure that you listen to that challenge. Like I said, if any of this resonated with you, I'd strongly encourage you to check out the work love experience that is coming this Thursday. We'll also have one coming to the Harrisburg West shore area in August, I believe. So we're working out the details for that. So watch out for that to come. But once again, $75 includes your lunch, includes parking, includes all your materials. It is um, a retreat of a sort. It's really, truly to readjust, realign, uh, rejuvenate, get you going on the right path, making sure that you stay on that right path. I'm a firm believer the more that you do it, the more likely you are to not be out of whack and uh, see things more clearly and stay on that path. It will also equip you with those tools to keep doing that on a continual basis. If you're interested, there's details in the show notes or you can go to worklove.leadershiparts.org. Um, also, if you love the series and you loved because it was kind of a free training march, I think, yeah, I kind of gave content for free. So if you really um, enjoyed that or know somebody who this could resonate with or help, even if they are not available or able to attend the Work Love Experience, feel free to share this podcast episode or the entire series using the social media buttons found to the left-hand side of your page. You can also join our mailing list at the bottom of the page, and then you will never miss another episode of Random Ramblings. Also, don't forget to subscribe to us on Stitcher or iTunes. You do get first access to those episodes when you do that. And last but not least, at the bottom, we always challenge you. You can always start a fantastic discussion in the comments area, but we like to use a format called TFWNs, which are thoughts, feelings, wants, or needs, and questions that may have come to mind as you listen to this episode. 
Other than that, have a great week. And I will not be with you in March. I will come back in May. Uh, Gina Noble is doing her um, four episodes, four or five episodes on using the 5S, the lean method for organizing your home. So it should be a great way to embrace spring and declutter those homes and um, really release some of that negative energy that clutter holds. So with that, if I don't see you on Thursday, I will talk to you in May. Have a great April. Happy spring. And when I talk to you, it will be warm again. All right, later.